Welcome to A Court of Swish and Flick, A Court of Thorns and Roses podcast. People who look at the stars and wish, we welcome you to episode 37 of A Court of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. And I'm Katie. And this episode is sponsored by Mackenzie Roberts. Thanks, Mackenzie. Thanks, Mackenzie. So today we will be discussing part one of chapter 43 of A Court of Thorns and Roses. Is this the first time we're splitting a chapter on court? Or no? I don't know. No. To be quite honest. (laughs) I don't remember. I know we've had some lengthy ones, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway. Could be a first. Before I get into the Soshmeads, um, I wanted to let everybody know that we are going to be attending LeakyCon 2023 as both Swish and Flick podcast and a court of Swish and Flick. We'll be having live podcasts of both of our podcasts at LeakyCon in Chicago this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, the dates are August 4th through the 6th. And like I said, it's in Chicago. Tickets are still available. Um, and we are so excited. I can't, I'm so excited that they've expanded the fandoms and that court can be a part of it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also hosting a Sarah J Moss meetup at LeakyCon as well. Um, so that should be fun. I'm trying to think of fun things that we should do at said meetup, but. Yeah, we should have a craft your own bat wings. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> no, that just sounds awful. Wrong. Oh, I it like Mia said sip tea with the cereal. What if we brought tea? Aww. That'd be cute. Aww. I could probably do that. Somebody's Get getting some tea, tea bagged. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm super excited. <laughs> We're going to have lots of Sarah J. Maas uh, <laughs> representation. And we'll also be there as Swish and Flick, the Harry Potter podcast as well. So Can we, we advertise the meetup as come get tea back? <laughs> <laughs> How age appropriate does said meetup need to be at LeakyCon? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. When you walk in the room, we'll just throw tea bags at you. <laughs> boom, boom. Sure, that's a way to do it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, so we hope to see you there. We're very excited. Um, and we're counting down the days. It's approaching. It's going to be here before we know it. Um, make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and share this episode with your friends. Because if you like us, then they will, too. But... Please only share it with your adult friends because we are explicit. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, head on over to patreon.com forward slash a court of swish and flick. Supporting our podcast keeps us going and it gives you access to our exclusive Facebook group, our Discord channel, as well as live recordings once a month. Our episodes also come out early for patrons posted to Patreon the weekend before. Thank you all so much for your support. If you have any questions or concerns, you can always send those to our email, which is a court of swish and flick at gmail.com. Not dot. Well net. done. No. Okay. Who's ready to be sad? <laughs> I was listening to this 
while I was playing Disney Dreamlight Valley. It was two very different vibes. Just a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh How did that go? Because I've been thinking about listening to a book while playing a video game, but I awesome. didn't know if that would be too much for my brain. It depends handle. on the game. It depends on what you're Hog- doing. In the Hogwarts game. Legacy was a no go. You can't because there's too much dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do it with Zelda because there's a lot of downtime. Yeah. If it's a cut, if it's a cut scene, I um obviously will like pause. But yeah, Zelda games are notorious for like not having like dialogue, but the the newer ones do. So I'll just like pause from time to time. But if I'm yeah. just running around a field, definitely listening to something. I think it depends. Yeah. I mean, like since you're like you play Pokemon all the time, like yeah. I think that it would just depend on where you're at in the game. Like I probably wouldn't listen to a book yeah. while you're in a gym, but like if you're just Exploring. Yeah, if you're just catching and stuff, go for it. Yeah, All right. you should <laughs> finish Throne of Glass. I know, honestly, <laughs> you're about to get kicked off this podcast. <gasps> Maybe we should tell people that really quick now too, just so that they they yeah, know. Go ahead. Starting, go ahead. starting. So we're approaching the end of Thorns and Roses, as we all know. Um, and starting with Mist and Fury, we are officially going to be a Moss Universe spoiler zone. We truly feel like going forward, we cannot properly discuss these books without discussing all of them anymore. Um, so we gave you guys a whole year with the second Crescent City book. <laughs> but we are officially going to be discussing both Crescent City and Throne of Glass as well as we go through these books. So just yep. know it's coming at the start of Mr. Yeah. Fury. You have you a have very short amount of time, Kate. <laughs> I know. Pressure. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So, where we left off last time, quote, When you healed my arm, you didn't need to bargain with me. You could have demanded every single week of the year. My brows knit together as he turned, already half consumed by the dark, every single week, and I would have said yes. I wasn't, it wasn't entirely a question, but I needed the answer. A half smile appeared on his sensuous lips. I know, he said, and vanished. Like, you should know better. (laughs) (laughs) You should know if you're saying these things. Goodness gracious. Anyway, it's the final countdown to the next test. I like Are you ready? Yep. Thank you. So. Feyre is allowed to wear her old tunic and pants. Thanks for the rags. <laughs> uh, she smelled, but her head is held high in confidence, okay? So she walks into the throne room, and she's expecting, like, jeers and shouting, but she's only met by silence. And I feel like this is so ominous and telling about, like, the vibe about what's about to happen. Um, this is not fun for them either. And there's no betting going on. And it's just fairies staring at her. And the masked ones from spring court are staring at her like super intensely because like, 
The chances of getting out are dwindling. Yeah. I want to get this they mask want this, off my uh, face. Yeah. They want the mask off. They're ready to be done with this. Um, but, you know, I don't know. They don't know what this is going to be, do they? I don't think so. I don't think anybody knows. Well, why is nobody betting and jeering like last time then? Is it just way too serious at this point? Do people are I are they finally so. like this could actually happen? So mm, I want yeah. this now, maybe? I think so. I feel like people are anxious more than anything. And like, yeah, like Mia, like, do they dare have hope right now? It's kind of like they're just they're not sure how to feel, I think. So they're just like what are our chances? Like she scraped by these last two, but she did it. What's mm-hmm. this third one going to be? And yeah, maybe at the beginning they were just thinking like, there's no way this is happening. Yeah. So we might as well Take have a good cash. time. Yeah. I don't know. The mood has definitely changed. Um, some of the masked fairies as she's walking by extend their hands to her. And I think that that is a huge telling sign of the mood shift, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in telling um, Cursebreaker coming up and the way that they treat her after. Everybody is, like, so, so incredibly thankful. And, I mean, as you would think they would be. Yeah. And, quote, there was nothing malicious about it. Most of these fairies belong to the courts of the High Lords, they had belonged to those courts long before Amarantha seized their lands, their lives. And if Tamlin and Rhysand were playing games to keep, just to keep us alive. So she's like, they are so in this. And they genuinely, I feel like especially Spring Court peeps, want her, want her to win. Yes. I feel like so many of them probably hate Amarantha, but they can't do anything about it. Just yeah. because of, kind of, one of how she is like, and who she is. If they, I think it's almost like if they think about it too much, it's just like too depressing. And and, and if like, they keep up with it, then they stay alive. Yeah. If they just participate, sad. if they say the right things, um, if they kind of just like I don't know, brown nose, I guess, if mm-hmm. you will, they'll they'll stay among the living. Yeah. Mm. Which is sad. That's a sad life. Sad tweet. Mm -hmm. And then, like, what kind of person does that make you then? Right. Because you're not standing up for what was right. But you're doing what's right to stay alive. So that's where it's it's like. Yeah. It's very Slytherin. Is this ethics class? (laughs) 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 So, Feyre goes straight to Amarantha. And she says, quote, two trials lie behind you, Amarantha said, picking a fleck of dust off her blood red gown. First of all, who got this little trait from whom? Who picked the fleck of dust first, Rhysand or Amarantha? Because I would love to know. You think uh, she stole it? Yeah, for sure. She's yeah. jealous of his vibes. We'll let Reese have it. Yeah. Anyways, going in her blood red gown, um, we know that later on in Mist and Fury, Feyre cannot see the color red without feeling like violently ill and anxious and panicky. Um, So what's about to happen in this gown, I think definitely goes for that as well as her hair. Yeah. 
because um, I know she sees um, Lucian in, I think it's either later in this book or in Mist and Fury, and she sees his red hair, but she's like, no, that's not the same red. It's not her. She's not back. So anything red. Yeah, trauma, um, dude. Mm-hmm. Her hair shone a gleaming crimson, there you go again, river that threatened to swallow her golden crown. And I just, the fleck of dust, I thought is an interesting thing to do because Reese does the same thing. So which came first? Who knows? The chicken or the egg. (laughs) (laughs) So Amarantha kind of makes somewhat of a joke and asks if she thinks it'll be worse to fail now that she's so close to the end. But her taunting and whatnot doesn't make any of the other people laugh. Um, just a few of the fairies who have red skin. Where are they from again? Are those, like, her friends? Up. You know? So those are the only people that seem to be, like, enjoying what's going on still. And is it an act? I don't know. Um, but there's that color red again. So Amarantha asks her, um, do you have anything to say before you die? So Favor looks at Tamlin. He doesn't react. His features are, quote, like stone. Oh, oh, oh really? Stone, They're the under the mountain guards, by the way. Oh, well, there you go. Ah. Those are her friends then. Yeah. So she thinks that she just needs his green eyes and what's in them. And she says, I love you. (sighs) Okay. I have to stop because like, I can't be Debbie at this part because this is really how she feels. Okay. (laughs) Quote, (laughs) no matter (laughs) what. We have to tell ourselves her feelings are valid. (laughs) (laughs) They are. I'm being really rude to her right now. This is a serious moment for her. Okay, quote, no matter what she says about it, no matter if it's only my insignificant human heart, heart, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) even when they burn my body, I'll love you. My lips trembled and my vision clouded before several warm tears slipped down my chilled face. I didn't wipe them away. He didn't react. He didn't even grip the arms of his throne. I suppose that was his way of enduring it even if it made my chest cave in even if his silence killed me um so her his silence is killing her then and also after under the mountain (laughs) because he doesn't talk to her about her puking her guts up every single night he doesn't open up about anything that he's going through granted i don't know this trauma i don't know i don't i just know that you know Speaking to somebody about things can really help you heal. Um, but their silence kills them. And, and by that, I mean their relationship. I know yeah. they're not meant to be together as far as like fate goes, but um, they really would not have been together anyway. I just truly don't. I mean, we're going to get to this in Mist and Fury, but I just, I still struggle understanding Tamlin. I think he's got, yeah, I think his trauma is really bad as well. And I think that he obviously doesn't know how to deal with it, except turn into a violent person. Yeah. It'll be interesting to read the beginning of that book 
in a more focused lens like this, you yeah. know, to yeah. like really mm -hmm. try to understand why. Definitely. Um, so Amarantha says, you'll be lucky, my darling, if we even have enough left of you to burn. Thank you. So there's still only silence from the crowd. Like I said, this is a whole entirely different mood than the other tasks were. Um, and she's like, hey, did you figure out that riddle yet? Nah, not yet. And then Amarantha props her chin on her hand. And she goes, you never figured out my riddle, did you? I didn't respond. And she smiled. Pity. The answer is so lovely. You know. Right there in her <laughs> snottiness is the answer. I just, um, I literally just cannot stand the, per I, I love, okay, let me rephrase this. I love the person who sure. does the audiobook of the first Akatar book, but I hate mm -hmm. their Amarantha voice so much. And every oh. time I like read a sentence by her, I hear it in that author, or in that like voice actor's voice. And it's just like, you never figured out my riddle, did you? And it's like she's on the verge did of you? Like laughing and she's just like so ew. Evil. Oh my God, I just hate it so much. She's such a bitch. <laughs> she's <laughs> awful. She's so awful. She's a bad, bad villain. Like she, yeah, yeah. she's a very good, bad villain because she has nothing redeeming about her. Yep. Like nothing that we have figured out in later books or anything like that, there's no good there. No. Yeah, she's and just I wonder black and white. Yeah. It's like just, yeah. She reminds so me I, a little I, bit I, of like Maleficent. I like that though, but like, I don't know. I guess they made those other movies. So I feel bad for Maleficent a little bit. Yeah. But but okay. If we're like, just talking about the animated film, I'm like, you're that right. bad. Cause you didn't get invited to a party. But a party, a, a, a kid's party. Right. Kay. Yeah. Are you sure about that? <laughs> no, like, I, I love that she's a true villain, though, because a lot of times that we can like see the backgrounds of villains and then we can like not justify anything by any means, but like see where the puzzle pieces fit and why things were happening. Um, sure. But we don't know anything about her. So she's just straight terrible. And you can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> All right. So. Yep. Oh, Tamlin has no last words for her. Are we shocked? No, we're not. So she goes, <laughs> claps her hands twice, and the doors swing open, and three people are there. Two male, one female. There's brown sacks over their heads, and they're being dragged into the room by the guards. So they all, they're on the dais, and they're shoved down to their knees. So this is kind of uh, execution style, basically, which it is. Quote, Amarantha clapped her hands again, and three servants, clad in black, appeared at the side of each of the kneeling fairies. In their long, pale hands, they each carried a dark velvet pillow, and on each pillow lay a single, polished wooden dagger. Not metal for a blade, but ash. Ash because... Your final task, Feyre, Amarantha drawled, gesturing to the kneeling fairies, stab each of these unfortunate souls in the heart. Q Ursula. Right. <laughs> Poor unfortunate souls. So sad. Poor unfortunate souls. So true. 
in pain, in need. <laughs> um, and then she goes on and she is making this horrid. Not only are you killing people, murdering, but it's not like you can justify it in any way because of the people who they are. So she says, quote, they're innocent. Not that it should matter to you since it wasn't a concern the day you killed Tamlin's poor sentinel. And it wasn't a concern for dear Jurian when he butchered my sister. But if it's a problem, well, you can always refuse. Of course, I'll take your life in exchange. But a bargain's a bargain, is it not? If you ask me, though, given your history with murdering our kind, I do believe I'm offering you a gift. <laughs> it's so bad. She's so it's bad. so bad. She is Ugh. just... Yeah, like, this is just pure evil. And, yes. And the fact that I would think you probably know that Feyre doesn't enjoy doing this sort of thing. You're just being a bitch. You mean murdering and torture? <laughs> but, like, you know, the way it's that not she's my jam. wording it. Right. But the way she's wording it is, like, well, you've already done this. And it's like, yeah, but, like, mm-hmm. you fucking know. Like, of course she it. does. That's mm-hmm. why it makes it even worse. I know. I hate yeah. her. I know. I agree with you. She's very, very bad. Katie, True did villain. you just say you hate someone? She's terrible. <laughs> she can't say the words, but she did say she agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> I also can't stand her name. It's way too long for me to type out every friggin' time. <laughs> Is she dead yet? Amaranth. Almost. <laughs> we are fast approaching her timely death. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, but like she knows exactly what she's doing. She knows this will absolutely wreck Feyre. Otherwise she wouldn't do this because it would be very simple otherwise right i mean she doesn't know that tamlin's the last person in this line but like seemingly this is the easiest thing right because people want to save themselves um and i do think a lot of them or a lot of people like in i'm saying like in this book um would be that selfish enough and desperate enough to feel like that would be a gift um, but maybe it would ruin them later or maybe it wouldn't, you know, you never, you never really know. Yeah. Um, so refuse to do the task and die or kill three innocent people and live. And I think it's kind of foolish. The fact that she thinks that Amarantha would let her win like this. Uh, I feel like that's a little bit silly. Especially because of, like, Alice's warnings and, um, like, you know, she said, never make a bargain. (laughs) Well, she's just made two, right? Because she did Amarantha and then Reese. But, like... Freaking out, Feyre. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, she does go into this entire situation incredibly naive, but, like... You know, there there's no way that Amarantha would have ever let her walk away. The I mean, truly. And, you know, 
that's why the book was written. The only way that it would have worked out is the way it works out. <laughs> like, yeah. there was well, yeah. no other solution to have an ending that is mm-hmm. even somewhat positive in favor of the people that you're rooting for if it doesn't end up the way that it does. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's, mm-hmm. she's the villain who changes the rules when she doesn't get her way. For sure. Yeah. And, well, you know, she doesn't necessarily change the rules so much as she leaves information um like off the table until it needs Mm -hmm. to be on the table you know what i'm saying it's like Mm -hmm. she didn't necessarily change the rules she just had something up her sleeve Mm -hmm. was there a piece of dust on it (laughs) probably i guess So this is when Farah starts trying to justify this for herself because she needs to, like, pluck up the courage to be able to actually do this. Um, So she thinks that if she wins this, she wins it for her own happiness, for Tamlin, and for his court's freedom. And so now like the ball's rolling right this task has started she didn't figure out the riddle let's move on with life let's do this and so amarantha creepily is like jurian (laughs) front row to the show so let's like turn your little eye peeper this way so you can watch pharaoh murder three innocent people i love this eye peeper eye peeper it's an eye peeper So Durian gets front row. Didn't even pay for those tickets. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and Feyre's a mess. And so she goes back in her head. She's like, I can't do this. It's cold-blooded murder. The murder of them and the murder of her own soul. And she's right because it is very clear in Mist and Fury that her soul is absolutely wrecked. Um, what she yeah. is about to do destroys her every single day. Um, emotionally and then physically because she basically deteriorates physically. Um, God, I can't even imagine. Like, this part was really difficult for me to read today. Um, I did, the, I did like, half of my notes and then, like, I did this half while I was on my planning period and I was like, maybe I should have done this at home when there aren't children <laughs> right. in the building and I'm reading all of this and it's making me feel horrible. It's heavy. It's very heavy. Um, so she thinks about what this means if she does this, right? This is for Prithian. This is for Alice and Alice's boys. Um, and then she goes into like this bargaining mode where she tries to think of the names of forgotten gods to beg them to make this all stop right now, to beg them for guidance and for absolution for what she's about to do. And then I have a spoiler for Crescent City stuff. Crescent City 2. I'm giving you time. But we're not going to do this anymore, are we? Are we starting that today? If we give a warning, if we give a warning, I'm saying starting with Mist and Fury, we're not giving warnings. Oh, starting with Mist and Fury. We're just talking about it. Now we're going to give a warning, give you time to fast forward 15, 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking, uh, here's a spoiler. So if you haven't shut it off, that's your fault. Um, About these forgotten gods, because I know that like 
mother cauldron xyz um and then we have these forgotten gods and i just automatically my brain went to the asteri yeah Mm. um Mm. only because of like their position in crescent city they almost seem um godlike if you will and I wanted to know what you guys thought about that. Because they're I, old as shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I totally thought I totally thought the same thing uh, actually okay. today when I was listening. I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it fits. Yeah. I, it fits. It fits real well. Why not? Yeah. I feel like everything is anytime like... I think everything's going to go back to the Asteri. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's basically um, what I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many theories out there, but like Amran. Yeah, I know. Oh, Amran. Right. Yeah. Is Brandon out there? <laughs> <laughs> I just absolutely love the idea that she was part of that. Yeah, totally. Um, but you know, we'll find out eventually. Maybe I feel like her story is going to be a very epic one only because there's so many bits and pieces that are thrown into Mist and Fury, Wings and Ruins, Silver Flames. Like we get so many little pieces and parts of who she once was or what she once was. And it just gets me really excited. (laughs) I know it is good. It's good. I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be very good. I like what Katie T said in the chat, too, back to mm. Feyre, um, mm-hmm. that she likes the subtle shifts in, like, what Feyre wants. So, like, first she's thinking about Tamlin, then she's thinking about the spring court as a whole, and now she's starting to think about Prithian as a whole. And it's, like, mm-hmm. it's just interesting to see that shift, especially seeing as the role that she's going to take on is going to be so much bigger in the next books, you know, where she does think about Prithian as a whole more. And that's not necessarily something she cared for at the beginning of this book, you know? And, and you know, what's interesting is I feel like, um, even at this point and even all the things that she's been through thus far with like the Fae, Prithian is truly her home. Mm-hmm. And she thinks about fate later on. I can't remember if it's in this episode or the next one, but like, I love that fate is a thing because I fully believe in fate um, and that I just, I just believe in fate. And I love that that's part of this, um, this book series. So yeah. Okay. Back into it. So Feyre steps up to the first kneeling person, three lives in exchange for some freedom. And she talks herself up. <laughs> What? <laughs> I, <laughs> I wrote herself and it auto-corrected to Herschel. So she tells Herschel that she can do it. Herschel, I can do this. I, oh, anytime I, I hear the name Herschel, I immediately think of The Walking Dead. Walking Dead? dead? Yep. Yes. Yep. 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 Oh, Herschel. Oh, Herschel. Oh, Jinx, you me go. Ah. <laughs> Summit Kohler nice autocorrect computer. Oh, I also spelled it wrong in my autocorrect. Okay. 
swelful. Um, so she goes to begin to reach for the knife or the dagger. And Amarantha's like, whoa, babe. No, hold on. And there's no way she's going to let Feyre kill these people without having Feyre look into their eyes. Yeah. Right? She's got to make this Give the worst possible thing. Ugh. So she goes, not so fast, Amarantha chuckled. And the guards who held the first kneeling figure snatched the hood off of his face. It's a handsome high youth. A ute. Two utes. Um, she goes, I didn't know him. I didn't know him. I'd never seen him, but his blue eyes were pleading. That's better, Amarantha said, waving her hand again. Proceed, favorite dear. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. She's gross. Literally. Like, she's so that's a gross. Great word. Super gross. Uh, and then this next part. This. I don't know who's more difficult for her to kill. This guy pleading for his life. Or the brave ass chick she has to kill later on. I don't know which is worse because both are heart wrenching and heartbreaking. So thanks SJM for having us deal with both. Appreciate (sighs) it. Quote, his eyes were the color of a sky I'd never see again if I refused to kill him. A color I'd never get out of my mind. Never forget no matter how many times I painted it. He shook his head, those eyes growing so large that the white showed all around. He would never see that sky either, and neither would these people if I failed. Please, he whispered, his focus darting between the ash dagger and my face. Please. So the dagger is shaking in her hands, and the, the youth is begging her not to do this. Please, he said, and his eyes lined with silver. Someone in the crown began weeping. I was taking him away from someone who possibly loved him as much as I loved Tamlin. I couldn't think about it. I couldn't think about who he was or the color of his eyes or any of it. Amarantha was grinning with wild, triumphant glee. Kill a fairy, fall in love with a fairy, then be forced to kill a fairy to keep that love. It was brilliant and cruel, and she knew it. Darkness rippled near the throne, and then Rhysand was there, arms crossed, as if he'd moved to to better see. His face was a mask of disinterest, but my hand tingled. Do it, the tingling said. So here he is guiding her to do it. I mean, it's his freedom, too. Yeah, Yeah. he knows as much as she does deep down that as terrible as this is, the price of everybody's lives is worth one life and as awful as that is to say or think or do i mean it's one life for an entire land's lives it's land's lives it's dark and twisted yeah it's like there's no way around it is it something anybody should want or have to do of course not no but if this is their only way out, I mean, he's not wrong. Do it. And also, this doesn't make it any better. It, it probably makes it equally worse. Say she refused. Amaranth is killing all of them anyway. Yeah. Like those two fairies. And I, 
and many others anyway it's terrible So like these deaths either will mean something or they'll just be two of many three of many yeah and no matter what it sucks it sucks yeah Hard choices in these books, my friends. Mm-hmm. Ethics course so, 101. <laughs> truly. Yeah. And like, I love that and people write this stuff, though. I will say that I don't know if, like, I feel like you don't know what your answer is unless you're in that situation. You can say all yeah. you want what it'll be, but you don't know till you're there. Oddly enough, like I say that about Dumbledore all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amy Lumiere That's Sue for a different says, podcast. I wonder if Reese helps with their pain similar to how he helped with Claire. I think he can't make I it as obvious. I don't know. I don't. Just yeah. because of this dude's reaction. It has to be believable. It's different than him having to wipe someone's mind. Because yeah. she doesn't know anything that's going on with that. Yeah. But this is an outward, you know, an outward murder rather than an inward. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I don't, unfortunately, I, I don't think he steps in here. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That, it's rough to think about, but I don't think he does because he knows what's on the table right now with this. All their hands it, are tied. It has, it has to be believable. Yeah. As shitty as that is. And he doesn't say that he does anything. I don't think when he, when they talk about what they were thinking or feeling later on. Yeah. I don't think he mentioned. I don't, I don't remember him saying anything about these guys. Um, but he does talk about like the other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so the youth is begging. Feyre is shaking her head. And then finally she just does it. She's basically saying no to this kid. Like, no, I like, I'm sorry that, which would mean nothing to him. Right. He's looking at her with like hate in his eyes anyway. Um, so she just goes and does it. She lunges and she plunges the dagger into his heart. Quote, he screamed thrashing in the guards gripped as the blade cleaved through flesh and bone Smooth as if it were real metal and not ash and blood, hot and slick, showered my hand. I wept, yanking out the dagger, the reverberations from his bones against the blade stinging my hand. That's a horrible line. Thank you, Mm. Sarah. (laughs) His eyes full of shock and hate remained on me as he sagged, damning me. So he's, I think he's verbally damning her. And then, and that person in the crowd let out a keening wail. My bloody dagger clacked on the on the marble floor as I stumbled back several steps. So Amarantha is her cheerleader and she's like, yes, good job. Woo! And Feyre basically wants to die. Um, it's on to the next person now. And Amarantha's lust for murder is just like absolutely appalling. Murder and torture. It's sick. And... She mocks Feyre and is like, why are you looking so miserable? We should be having fun. Should we? Why don't you play a board game, you sicko? <laughs> a little bit of Yahtzee could go a very long way. Right? Uh, 
Yahtzee, Boggle, Clue. Uno. You could look for people who are murdering. Clue. A murder mystery party. It's all pretend. Mm. Fun. Yeah. So I believe our final thoughts for this episode are just play a board game. <laughs> just play a board game, Amarantha. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Every time I, I, I picture Amarantha in my head, picture. I literally just think of Victoria from Twilight. <laughs> yes! Yes! It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just... The she imagery. even has that smile like that. Yes. Yeah. Like, God, I just mm-hmm. want to freaking smack you. Yeah. Victoria has do, a bloodlust too, man. Yeah. I, I do love the fact that she's a true villain, though, because you don't get yeah. that a whole lot. She's a good, true villain, yeah. which, like I said, oftentimes we don't like there's always somebody's backstory where it's like blah, 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 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you don't have that <laughs> here. has to avenge what James, right? James's yeah. death. There's yeah. so many James. So many. Mine's the best, though. Oh, wait, hold on. James, uh, J- uh, James and James. Burkhart. James Burkhart. Oh my God, too. yeah. There's so many. Mm-hmm. So many Jamesies. Those Oof. are those are the best Jamesies. True. <laughs> I love that we both call him them Jamesies too. Mm-hmm. Alana calls James Jamesy boy. I love it. Yeah, they call James. Anyway. Call him Jamesy boy. Yeah. Really? Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so funny. I'll ask if Jamesy they call boy. him Jimmy Bobby. <laughs> um <laughs> You know what? And if they don't, they need to start now. All <laughs> yeah. uh, right. It's your it's the it's their alter ego. It's like when James gave me a kiss on the shoulder and then it quickly turned into a bite. That's Jimmy Bobby. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Je- Mr. Hyde and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or whatever. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. All right. Well carry on, Catherine. You can <laughs> find your hosts on the social meds. You can find us on Instagram. <laughs> Me and Meg are at the Peaches Family, and Tiffany is at Tipswish underscore Flick. All right, guys. So next time we'll come back with the last half of this chapter. So thank you for listening and for your support. We appreciate you all. Appreciate you all so very much. Take care and remember: only you can decide what breaks you. <laughs>